Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. We're looking at a passage in Psalm 84. I want to read the whole psalm to you this morning. Uh, It will be familiar to most of you, but it is a tremendous song of God's presence uh, and the importance of God's presence. We're in Psalm 84. Psalm 84 says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and King. Let me just mention this real quick because it's not going to be in the sermon. The sparrow is in the insignificant one. Those that are insignificant in the world are welcome in the house and in the presence of the Lord. The swallow is the one that's all over the place and just can't find a place of rest that has tried this and that and something else. They are also welcome to settle in Settle down in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Verse 9, behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. You've heard that before, right? I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God, here's our verse for the day, the promise, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Now, if you look at the beginning of this chapter, uh, it'll say it was written by the Korites, the people of Korah. Now, the people of Korah were chosen by God to be the doorkeepers in the temple. God was giving out responsibilities by his divine will, and he chose them to be the doorkeepers. Now, doorkeepers are different than gatekeepers. The gatekeepers were leaders in the community. Doorkeepers were not. Out of all of the responsibilities in the temple, the doorkeepers had the lowest uh, in, in a world's perception. They were sort of the, the, the custodian janitors. They did the things that no one else wanted to do. And it's important to recognize that fact as an underlying factor or a watermark behind everything that we read because from the Korite's heart was, we don't care what our job is. We'd rather be serving the Lord in his presence than s- serving the devil with a lofty position, or they say, we'd rather be in the Lord's presence as doorkeepers than live with the rich in their luxurious tents or homes. We'd rather be doing what we're doing, although no one might even know what we do. We'd rather do that just to be in the presence of the Lord. See, their hearts weren't for position. 
They were for the presence of the Lord. And so that's the watermark behind everything that we read. Now let's focus on our theme, on our verse, for the Lord God is my son. His presence is my light. I don't know if you've been through dark days. I would just imagine that most of us have been through dark, a dark day. And sometimes that day leads to days. I've been through dark weeks and dark months and dark seasons in life. And maybe you've experienced that too. Uh, the scariest part of anxiety and depression is that you're afraid it will never end. When you do finally fall asleep and you wake up with the same feeling, the same feeling, you think, oh no, is it another day of this? Will it ever end? Will it ever end? If you've been through it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't been through it, you, 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 you kind of get it, but you don't completely get it until you've been in the midst of it. But this promise is for us. And maybe some of you are facing dark days now. Maybe you have been through some of the, briefly how I've described it to you this morning. Do you know that even in the darkest days, God is your son? God is still your light. I remember in my darkest days, all I could do was, was just try to quote scripture. One of the things that, that helped my mind uh, through it was the benefits of the cross. And I kept going through the benefits of the cross. And all of the years that I'd studied God's word and pastored and learned everything I knew about the cross, I would just review that because I knew that the enemy couldn't get past the cross. And whatever he was saying in my mind, you're not going to get through this. You, uh, you know, God's against you. Uh, this is never going to end. I knew the cross and Jesus' resurrection proved every lie of the devil as exactly what it was, a lie. And so truth came in. And one of the truths I want you to see is that God is your light even in your darkest days. And he never changes Our circumstances change, we change, but God never changes. And part of his character is that he is light. Jesus is the light of the world. And he's that light for you. He is that son for you. And I, I, I said earlier this morning, God is my son, S-U-N, because of the son, S-O-N. Because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, now we are children of God when we receive what he has for us, that forgiveness and his salvation, when we, we are his children now. And so the son makes it possible for God to be the son of our lives, the light in our darkest days. The second aspect of God's character that our promise establishes for us is that God is my shield. His presence protects me. When my children were young, we would pray with them every night, God protect them body, soul, and spirit. And we would pray when they went to school, God protect them, body, soul, and spirit. And now they're 27 and 24, and we still pray, God protect them, <laughs> body, soul, and spirit. The soul and the spirit are the aspects I want to look at today because that's the part that's eternal. Listen, our bodies aren't what they used to be, and all God's people said, we have, a, we have a much younger crowd in the cafe. 
they're, they're a much younger crowd, and I know you're listening up there. You'll see someday, and, and it'll hit you one day, and all of a sudden you go, oh, I know what the pastor was talking. You'll get it. You might not be there yet. Oh, to be 20-ish again. Uh, but anyway, uh, but our soul and our spirit is what's eternal. And so God becomes that shield. Watch, when you just can't fight anymore, when you're just exhausted from life and you're tired from the attacks of the enemy, and how many have experienced this, and I know you have, it's a rhetorical question, that it's never one thing that goes wrong at a time. It's five things. You know, the enemy never just hits us with one thing and, oh, just deal with this and everything will be okay. No, this happens, that happens. It's like in football they call it piling on. That's what happens. And we just reach the place of exhaustion, physical exhaustion sometimes, but certainly mental exhaustion and sometimes spiritual exhaustion. We just don't know how much more we can take. You know what this verse says is God will protect you. He will, he will stand... In, in the path in front of you like a shield and he will protect you no matter what's going on in your life. So I pray for some of you now just a shield around your body, your physical body is being attacked. I pray that God would be that shield for you, for your mind. You just can't shut your mind off from the concerns and worries of life. I pray God would be that shield, uh, your spirit that doubt has crept in and, 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 uh, and uh, questions that can't and don't have answers have crept, kept, uh, have crept into your spirit. I pray that God would be that shield for you because every fiery dart of the enemy will be put out by the shield of what? Faith. God, by faith I stand and know that you are the light of my day and that you are the one that will protect me. Psalm 27, 1 through 4, another great psalm. I'm reading quickly. The Lord is my light and my salvation. See the same thing. He's my sun and my shield. He's my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me and eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked, and one thing that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Do you see how his presence brings all of this about? I'd rather be in the Lord's presence I'd rather be with God that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, for the Israelites in that day, the temple was everything. In the New Testament, at the beginning, uh, the temple was everything. They felt that the only time and only place they could worship was the temple. Now, Jesus changed all that. When the veil was torn in two, right? It changed all that. Now the presence of God is with all of us and God lives inside of us. And so we don't have to come to a building to experience the presence of God. It's great, but we've learned over this past year, we can still experience the presence of God and the blessings of God even when we're separated 
we're not separated from God and he's not separated from us. I'm telling you, I've been doing the online for almost a year now. I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord was all over that online service. Even though we were separated, I'm telling you, God was going to each home and touching each lives who, life whose heart was open to what he wanted to accomplish online. Why? Because we desired God's presence more than anything else. That's when God becomes our shield. Number three, God gives me the grace I need along the road that I travel. Now, let me say this again. God gives me the grace I need along the road I travel. Uh, the scripture says that the Lord bestows favor and honor, and favor is grace, something we get that we don't deserve. God, watch. God will give you the strength, wisdom, and courage you need on your journey. You see how I keep emphasizing your journey, my journey, not someone else's journey. When we focus on someone else's journey and we try to do something in their lives that we're not capable of doing, and we spend more time focusing on someone else's journey, that causes worry. And it causes worry and, and confusion and all of these other things that go along with it. Why? Because we're on the wrong road. We're worried about what's going on on this road when we're on this road. When we're driving on Dutch Mill Road, don't worry about 55. 55 will take care of itself. You don't drive down Dutch Mill Road going, oh, I hope, I hope I'm going to be okay on 55. You're not on Route 55. And yet we live our lives like that all the time. We see this going on over here. Oh, no, you know, what's going to happen here? And we see this going on over, oh, what's going on over here? And, you know, and around the world and the world over there in Afghanistan or I don't know, that's just a faraway country. I, I don't know. That's not your road. You're not on the way to Afghanistan, are you? No. And so worry comes in when we start living on someone else's road, someone else's calling, someone else's responsibility. Watch. Worry comes when we're on the wrong road and we're worried about things that aren't your responsibility. It's road and responsibility that gets us in trouble. The Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all of the days of your life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When you walk on someone else's road and you try to take up responsibilities that aren't yours, here's what follows. Drama. Drama will follow you all of the days of your life and you will dwell in fear and worry as long as you exist. You don't have to go from drama to drama. This passage, I, I went over it quickly, says you can go from strength to strength. Some people have become so accustomed to other people's drama and inviting that drama into their lives, they don't know what peace is. That's become such a pattern for them to involve themselves in other people's lives so much that that drama just follows them from one thing to the next. I've found that the troubles I have today in my life are enough. I don't need to take on other people's responsibilities. Love you. Trying to help you here. Your life has enough troubles. Amen? Yes. A little further, and then I'll be I'm done. Trying to be nice today. We have guests. <laughs> One of our guests today calls me your eminence. 
whenever he sees me. And I want everybody to start calling me that from this point on. It was between El Jefe and your eminence. I think I'm going to go with your eminence. The Bible says this in Galatians chapter 6. I've taught you this before. Bear one another's burdens. Two, three verses down. Let everyone take care of their own responsibilities. Wait, we're supposed to bear one another's burdens, and yet we're supposed to bear our own burdens. How does that work? Well, one is a boulder, and one is a backpack. The boulder is when tragedy happens. We rally the troops, and we help one another. The other part of it is a backpack. Your backpack is your responsibility. Your, uh, your responsibilities as husband, wife, parent, uh, student, child, whatever, those are your backpack. You do that. You take care of your responsibilities. If a tragedy happens, we'll pitch in. I'll just use this as a simple example. When the kids lived at home, one of my kids' room was neat, and the other one, the other one we would have to tell, I won't tell you which kid, but uh, she was listening online, <laughs> and uh, she's probably not going to hear this, so she already heard the sermon, and I didn't include this. One of my kids, whose name I won't say, uh, Dora and I would say before we went into her room, we're going into her room. If we don't come out in a few minutes, come in and get us. <laughs> then we started uh, saying, well, I'm going to tie a rope around my leg. If something happens while I'm in there, just pull me out. <laughs> just pull me out. Her room was her responsibility. If a tree fell on the house and damaged the house, it would be our responsibility. Not everything that happens in someone else's life is a tree falling on their house that you have to put your, oh, your nose in. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be nice. That's why you never have any peace. You're not walking on your road. You're not fulfilling your responsibilities. You're walking on someone else's road trying to fill their responsibilities. And watch, God hasn't given you the grace for that. He's given you the grace for your road and your responsibilities. Does any of this make sense? All right, let me keep going. I was just kidding about trying to be nice, too. That's just, just something to say. It means nothing. It's like when a preacher says, you know, I'm almost done. It means nothing. Absolutely nothing. Number four, God is working for your good. Watch this. God will never be against you. Life is sometimes against us. The enemy's against us. Other people are against us sometimes. But God will never be against you. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. His presence, in his presence, we understand that no pain is in vain. Now watch this. Let me just show you this real quickly. Another phrase that means nothing. See how I just throw these little cliches out? They mean nothing. Real quickly. No, I don't even... Just a phrase. But let me show you this. In God's presence, our perspective changes. And we begin to understand that no pain is in vain because God is always working for our gain. Did you catch that? 
in his presence, no pain is in vain because we understand God is working for our gain. God is working for our good. In his presence, we see things differently. In his presence, that, that song, it is well, not that particular version, but that wording, you know that man lost his whole family. You, most of you know that story. And as he was going back over the place where the ship crashed and they all died, God began to speak to him and the words came to him, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance, glory to God, it is well. How do you get that? Only from the Lord's presence. Perspective changes that no pain, whatever we've experienced is in vain because God uses that for our good and for his glory in time. In time. It takes time. God will never work against you. He is drawing you to his presence to help change your perspective so that healing could come. How? From God's presence and seeing things from God's perspective. That's when healing comes. I begin to understand what happened and what God did through it. Now, I've got to say one more thing. God is not the cause of all of your problems. See? There are a lot of different factors. Sometimes we, we're just stupid, and that causes a lot of problems. That's not God's fault. But God can work through our problems to accomplish his purposes. Okay? All right. But God will never be against you. You're his child. He loves you. Think of that person that you love the most, and God loves you even more than that. Think of the depth of the love that you have for someone. God loves you infinitely more than that. That's how much he cares about you. God will be with you every step of the way. These are the rewards of those who walk with God. The, the passage says uprightly. And that doesn't mean we have to be perfect to experience the blessings of God because none of us are perfect, okay? And if you think you are, see me after the service and I'll assure you that you are not. And you all see my flaws lived out before you. None of us are perfect. That's not the point. The point is that we're pursuing God's presence. God, I want to grow. I want to be with you. I want to live for you. When we have that attitude, these blessings become part of our lives because that's what God wants to give us. God is your son in your darkest days. He is the light that you need to see. God is your shield. He is your protector. God is the grace giver. He gives us what we need on the road we travel. God is working for your good. Again, God is never against you. He is always for you. God doesn't have favorites in the kingdom of God. He doesn't root for one to win and one to fail. He wants all of you to win. And in biblical terms, that means blessed. He wants all of you to be blessed. And so we ask these questions. Are you living the blessings described in his promise, peace, strength, joy in his presence? Are you experiencing those things in your life? If not, we've tried to show you how you can experience those things. Look to God as your son, shield for his grace. Know that he's not against you and he will give you peace and strength. You can face a difficult situation and say, God, I don't know why, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. That's faith. 
I'm going to trust you. And all of us have lived long enough here in this room anyhow to know that God's helped us through some difficult times, man. Sometimes where we just didn't think we were going to make it. But here we are, praising God, singing a song, it is well, it is well. See? Are you taking time to be with God in his presence? Even New Testament Christianity, even Pentecostal Christianity sometimes think we have to be in a building. That's when God is really there. And we like to be... Uh, we like to be spectators of God's presence in other people's lives. We like to watch other people going through whatever they're, or, you know, experiencing God in however ways they're experiencing God, and hopefully it's God they're experiencing. But God wants you to experience his presence, and you can experience his presence anywhere. There's something to being alone. Now, it's not being lonely. It's not isolated. That's different. It's taking time to just being alone. Shut everything off and down and just taking a deep breath. It could be 30 seconds of just take a deep breath, lower your shoulders, and say a prayer to God. It could be a private prayer time. Enter into the prayer closet. And it could be public time. I mean, it's awesome to be together. I can't, I, I, I was enjoying, I wasn't enjoying the pandemic. I was enjoying watching that when we started in March, our attendance went, our online attendance went up and our on-site attendance went down. And then gradually, as things got a little bit better or so we thought, our on-site attendance got better and our online went down. And then it hit again and then we're back to where we were. And I just love, though, when we can come together and I look forward to the time that we will get together, but I'm not going to wait for the presence of God until the pandemic's over. I want the presence of God now. And if it's alone, if it's in a prayer closet, if it's in my office, in my car, or in the sanctuary, I need the presence of God. I need to know he's the sun in my darkest days, that he is my shield protecting me, body, soul, and spirit. I need to know that he'll give me the grace, the strength, the courage to, to, to walk the road that he's called me to walk. I need to know all over again that he's not against me, he's for me, and that he's working this mess of my life out for my good and for his glory. I need to know that. I need to be in his presence. Listen to worship music. I love listening to worship music. I figured out how to use Spotify last week. They asked me how old I was, and then they wrote in a little comment, you're too old for Spotify. This is for young people. It was hurtful. You know, the longer you have to scroll to find your birth date, the, the more hurtful it is. I used Spotify, and I found a channel that I liked. It was songs. The, Nick, it's songs on CCLI, the top 100 songs of the week that churches are singing around the world, and they play. It's tremendous. I just love this worship music. And I, I have this joke. Whether you like the Gaithers, which I do, or Bethel music, which I don't, Whatever it is that you can worship the Lord, then worship the Lord. Now, this was a Bethel song. Don't get me wrong. They have beautiful songs. But we cut that song from 12 minutes to 6. That's all I'm saying. Beautiful songs. I have trouble with 12-minute songs. I need something I can remember later on. Anyway, I'd love Bethel. God bless them, and may God pour out his spirit on them. But it doesn't matter what kind. It matters what's going to lead you into the presence. Okay, I'm done.
Now that's real. Isaiah 60, 19 and 22. I am literally closing my sermon with this. Isaiah, Old Testament on purpose. Because God never changes. See, his character is the same. Watch. The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor brightness shall be uh, the moon give you light. But the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. When's that? In heaven. Isaiah was already looking forward to heaven. In Isaiah chapter 6, he entered the throne room of God. In Isaiah chapter 60, he couldn't wait to get back. Your sun shall no more go down, nor your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of mourning shall be ended in the presence of God. Your people shall all be righteous. They shall possess the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Isaiah 60, 22. The least one shall become a clan, the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord, and in its time I will hasten it, or in its time I will make it happen. God has good for you today, and he has good prepared for you tomorrow, and he has good prepared for you for all eternity. He's our son. He's our shield. He gives us the grace that we need, and he's never against us. He's always for us. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.